Welcome to the Dreamcatcher Podcast, a place where your dreams can find a voice. I'm your host, Celine Chenoy. Thank you to all of you who return every week to tune in to become a better version of yourself. Make sure you hit subscribe if you haven't already and rate our show if you enjoyed this episode. I've always been curious about the ancient practice of shamanism, especially after learning more about it during my research on Native American traditions. Before the advent of modern organized religions that we know today, shamanic traditions were the gateway to spiritual guidance, insight, and healing for the ancient tribal communities that existed in the past. Miriam J. Katz, my guest today is a shamanic healer who taps into the power of nature and the cosmos using ritual, divination, and facilitation to help her clients release emotional, physical, energetic, and spiritual blocks. Miriam carries the lineage of master shamans in the Andean Chiro tradition. She has certifications in professional coaching, Reiki, past life regression, realm reading, and is a member of the Society of Shamanic Practitioners and Energy Medicine Professional Association. Miriam shares her in-depth knowledge to explain how shamanism works and how we can tap into the practice to deal with common issues such as stress, anxiety, depression, and PTSD. By listening to this episode, you'll learn some tools and techniques for healing, spiritual awakening, and personal empowerment. Hi, Miriam. How are you? I'm great. How are you, Celine? I'm doing great. Thank you for making the time to speak with us today about some powerful spiritual principles and tools and how we could use it to improve various areas of our life. I look forward to learning more about these topics from our conversation today. Great. I'm always excited to talk about this stuff. So I'm, I'm really happy to be here with you. Great, great. So I was intrigued by your diverse background in education, particularly your experience in Peruvian shamanism and energy medicine. I'm curious to know if there were any early experiences in your life that inspired you to go on this journey of becoming a shamanic healer and coach. Um, yes, absolutely. I'd say this, this stuff was always interesting to me. I have a memory of, you know, at a used bookstore picking out a book on, you know, altered states of perception or in, in, uh, psychic abilities when I was about 10. Um, but I had the good fortune in high school of befriending what I now think of as a tribe of, um, kind of misfits who were all really interested in, um, in altered states of perception, in drumming, we had a lot of drum circles, um, dancing, moving into ecstatic states of, of dance, um, and uh, music, um, and and kind of exploring reality from a psychedelic uh, perspective. And so, you know, a lot of my friends were reading Carlos Castaneda, who is one of the kind of great. Um, writers who brought shamanism to the mainstream. Sure. This um, was in high school. This was in high school. This was in high school. Yeah. So (laughs) yeah, it started early. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, some teachers would be doing all this stuff, you know, I I mean, nowadays, I I mean, I just can't picture teenagers being into all this stuff, but 
Yeah. Well, if you find the right ones, it's like none of us really cared very much about, you know, the the mainstream pursuits of being popular. And so when we were together, we were really interested in in what everyone was interested in. So, you know, whether that was music or philosophy or, you know, religions or any of that, we just uh, we had a lot of fun. Great. Yeah. And this I think this is before the age of social media, right before uh you know, it was, Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Way before. <laughs> I don't think there was even internet. It, that wasn't, and if it was, it wasn't available to us. So yeah, we, we spent a lot of time out in the woods, camping, you know, having fun, climbing rocks, um, same stuff I like to do today. So I was lucky to have that influence of them. Great. And I mean, were there any, did you meet any teachers who kind of set you off in the path of, uh, because I know that happened for me. So, I mean, was yeah. that case for you? Um, not, not in person. I, uh, in high school, I came across Lynn V. Andrews, who was writing books about her experience apprenticing to um, shamans in Canada. And I was so um, taken with it that I actually sent her a letter. I think I was 17 and asked if I could be her apprentice. And, you know, it's the time when you would send a letter, there was an email. And so, she never wrote back and I was kind of heartbroken, but, um, <laughs> and I actually dropped the path at that point. I mean, I always kind of explored mysticism and, and healing, um, as a hobby, but I never thought it would become a profession, um, until I got much older and realized that the profession that I had chosen, which was philanthropy was not feeding me in the ways I needed it to. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. Great. That's a, that's a, that's a great story. I'm curious, you know, many people in modern society are feeling off balance nowadays. They suffer from stress, anxiety, depression, PTSD, and they don't really deal with these symptoms in the healthiest ways. Why do you think that this is the case? Yeah, I think that um, modern science has limited understanding about the the basis of these um, illnesses. I think we have a sense that these come from maybe traumatic events or from, you know, biochemistry, but um, we tend to respond to these things with, you know, drugs, you know, pills or, or talk therapy or things like that and, and really hope that that will make it go away. And in some cases, you know, the medicine is able to help people manage um, the symptoms. And sometimes therapy is effective, although often it um, ends up re-traumatizing people by taking them into their darkest moments. And so the amazing thing about shamanism is that it has been um, managing and and solving these issues um, for thousands of years. And shamanism is, is a practice that came out of animism, which is the belief that there is a spirit in all things. And um, it's kind of an umbrella term, um, shamanism, for these practices that take place in, on every continent that, you know, and that have somehow survived to this day. And so what a shaman would do would be, or someone who was raised in a shamanic society or an animistic society would be to tend um, to those people who experience trauma right after they experience trauma or as it's happening to prevent um, something that we call soul loss, which is when a part of us fractured up, fractures off and splits from the rest of um, that person's consciousness and remains frozen in time. 
And so when we leave enough pieces behind or significant enough pieces of ourselves behind, we start to feel empty and anxious. Um, and so, you know, these things that we call depression and anxiety and PTSD and even stress are symptoms of soul loss often, not in every case, but in the vast majority, these things can be um, managed by bringing the pieces of ourselves home and, and be resolved. And, and could you give any, a few examples of how, how soul loss happens? Yeah. So it can happen at any age. Um, it can happen even as early as in the womb, like, um, an example in the womb might be, um, the baby here is the, you know, the parents talking about how they didn't want the baby, you know, and it's kind of emotionally traumatizing. And so some part, um, kind of splits off from the rest, from the whole of, of the baby, of the soul that's in the baby. And, um, you know, moves out of the body because it doesn't want to be experience the pain of that trauma. Um, and it could happen, you know, it could be something as simple as um, a little child falling and scraping their knee and being so startled by it that, you know, the shock jolts part of their soul out of their body. Or, you know, it, it could be something very simple. It could be something very extreme. So any extreme state of trauma is almost guaranteed to um, cause a part of us to splinter off. Um, and the question is, you know, what is that part that reacts in that way and how do we restore it back to the body? Is it similar to like the chakra system? Is there any relation between the two systems? There certainly is a relationship between the two systems. Yeah. Um, the, the chakra system is where our kind of a lot of our personal power comes from um, in our body, in our, in our physical structure and, and energetically and spiritually. And so what I find when I work with the chakras is that sometimes, um, you know, a, a piece of our energy will kind of um, crystallize and hide itself inside the chakras. And this is a slightly different phenomenon than soul loss, but it's pretty, um, it, it has parallel effects. It means that, you know, say there's there's something that that we find emotionally jarring or traumatizing. P part of us might, in that situation, kind of go into hiding or take on a role of protecting the rest of us and and become hyper vigilant. And um, that that energy, which is intended to flow freely, uh, becomes crystallized and you know, adapts itself to some sort of role that it intends to use to help the person to thrive and survive. And ultimately, you know, in the healing journey will need to be released because ultimately, you know, that that role becomes at odds with the rest of the system because it's not the, the natural inherent role of, um, of our energy. And so if I'm working with the chakra system, I'm often finding these um, cellular memories of old pain and things like that that have to do with um, incidents that can cause soul loss. They're just slightly different. Interesting. How does shamanism help with the conditions we just talked about, stress, anxiety, depression? What results can people expect? Mm -hmm. So um, shamans are, are tenders, 
Um, they are tenders of the the psyche, of the soul, of the body, um, of the land even. And so um, what a shamanic practitioner or a shamanic healer would do in one of these cases would be to consult with um, the helping spirits that they work with. Um, so shamans find spirits in all things. And so oftentimes the spirits of um, plants or animals um, might, or even, you know, elements or weather beings might become the, on the spiritual helping team of that shaman. And so they would um, tune into their helping spirits and ask for help and figure out what it is that this person most needs in order to heal. And in many cases, like the symptoms um, or conditions that you listed would um, require a soul retrieval, bringing back one or more um, fractured parts of the soul and bringing them back home and negotiating that return. Because, you know, when you have a part of the self that left out of fear or trauma, they oftentimes don't want to come back. And so they need to be reassured that they're returning to a safer environment than the one that they left and that it will be a loving home. I liken it to adoption, you know, and making sure that the home is safe and the parents are going to be nurturing. And in this case, the parent is that client, that person who is receiving their soul back. Um, but there are other things that shamans might do um, to restore the power of the individual, including power animal retrievals. So, you know, just like I work with different um, helping spirits as allies, we all have that capacity. We're all familiar with the concept of guardian angels, um, but not all of us know that we can have power animals or spirit animals. In some cultures, they're called totems yeah. that the Native American, us. The Native American at the Inuits. Absolutely. And so, like, you know, these are spiritual helpers and protectors that can lend their energy to us, that can lend their their powers to us, and that can give us tremendous um, ability to negotiate what can be a really challenging world. Right, right. So you can communicate with these uh, with these beings, like as um, as as a healer. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, as part of the shamanic healing process, I go into an altered state of consciousness where I can tap into both my own helpers but and also the helpers of whatever client I'm working with. And so when I'm doing a session for someone, which I can do in person in Boston, but I also do um, work with international clients over the phone um, and virtually that um, I'm tapping into both the wisdom of their body, the wisdom of their spirits. And oftentimes I have helping spirits come through for these individuals that are amazing and that I never knew existed. I mean, there was one client who had, it was like a, a Mexican weather god that came through. I don't remember if it was Mayan or Aztec, but um this, you know, I, I was working with a piece of, we were talking earlier about that crystallized energy in the chakra. Mm -hmm. And so I found this kind of stuck piece of energy in there. And I asked it what it, what its essence was, who its kind of highest version of itself was. And it showed up as this amazing weather god. And it was really powerful and very masculine, even though the client was feminine and um, had all of these messages for her and also did a lot of healing for her. So it's been humbling because I started out as an energy healer 
who would look at the chakras myself and see what needed to be removed and do all that work myself. And as I transitioned into the realm of shamanism and shamanic healer, I became more of a kind of vehicle for these uh, beings much greater than myself to tell me what needed to be done. And in fact, even just step in and do it themselves. So I'm just kind of holding the space for them. And the results are mind blowing. I mean, it's, it's so much better than anything I could ever have achieved by myself, which is, you know, a beautiful parallel to also how we are in the world. Right. You know, it's like if we act alone, we don't have all of the, the resources, the emotional resources, the wisdom, kind of all that we need in order to really thrive um, and navigate really difficult times. But if we're working with our helping spirits, we have such a tremendous um, resource, a wealth of of supporters who can help us to navigate really difficult things. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And, you know, with the coming of the scientific age, um, you know, where people started getting very skeptical about whether or not these healing modalities really work, which leads me to the next question. What would you say to those who are skeptical about shamanism and the whole concept of the spirit world? So um, one thing I would say is that you don't need to believe in something in order to um, access it and benefit from it. So like you may not believe that you're, you have a spirit or that your friend has a spirit, but you still are able to connect on that, you know, spiritual level to really find that place of resonance and coherence with a friend and enjoy that. And so you may not believe that there are spirits in nature, in trees, in land, in plants, but you still benefit when you go out and, you know, take that walk and do that forest bathing or meditation in, in the forest or in the woods or even just at a park. I mean, there's science is documenting all of the tremendous benefits, uh, mental health benefits, emotional health benefits that we get from the act of, of being in nature. And so just by taking those steps to connect, um, it will tremendously benefit your spirit. And then, um, you know, if there is someone who is wanting to, you know, learn a little bit more about shamanism and, and try it out themselves, they can, you know, when they're out in the woods, they can try um, connecting with those trees. I mean, we talk about tree huggers and some people are really proud of that and some people are embarrassed by it and some people think it's funny. But, you know, there is a reason that there's there's a thing called a tree hugger. There is um, an energy that trees have that just makes you happy. And and again, science has, has kind of found uh found the reason or, or found connections that, that trees actually do make people happier. And so like, you know, taking that radical act, if, you know, it may feel radical to some people of like touching a tree or hugging a tree and see how you feel. I mean, that's a really nice way to test out that, like, what does shamanism feel like for me? Right. Right. That's a great analogy. You know, as you were speaking, I was just, I, I, I just remembered this interview I saw Oprah Super Soul Sunday, she was interviewing uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer. Um, and he, mm -hmm. he actually, he kept an open mind in terms of healing his leukemia. He actually went to this, this healer called John of God. I don't, you probably heard of him. He's based in Brazil. Yeah. And yeah, and he does, yeah. the, 
surgeries by working with spirits. And uh, as he was explaining it, Oprah was like, oh, my God, that sounds like that can't be possible, you know. But he was like, I tried it out and it actually worked, you know. And as he was describing the experience, I was just like, if someone like him can attest to the to the benefits of a healing treatment such as this one, I mean, there must be some truth to it because I have a lot of respect for him. And that's what opened my mind. And I said, you know, it, 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 it's possible. It, it's definitely possible. Yeah. And there's a reason that the oldest form of, you know, um, seeing the world way of kind of worldview cosmology, this way of seeing spirits in all things and tending to those spirits and working in collaboration with those spirits, that this existed in every continent around the world from, you know, from the beginning of humankind, as far as we can tell, like those are the first, um, you know, kind of cave paintings that we're finding. Um, and so there's a reason that it still exists today. And it exists in kind of small pockets and it's survived. And our, our world, as I see it, is very out of balance today and that we're needing more of that tending, tending of individuals, tending of the land, tending of the animals. And that the more that we start to practice those practices, the more we can bring the world back into balance where it's not going to need to, you know, have all these storms and wildfires and and, and climate upsets in order to bring everything back into, um, into a state of balance that we can, we can help that if every individual in the world were to, you know, begin to see themselves as a tender and start to take care of themselves and others and the earth, we would have a drastically different world than we do today. Oh yeah. I totally agree with you. That's such a, that's such a beautiful message. So how can shamanism help us in our spiritual awakening and personal empowerment? Do you recommend any tools and techniques that we can practice at home? Yeah, I'd say the number one um, technique that I would recommend to people who are beginning to explore shamanism is that of shamanic journeying. And so shamanic journeying is a practice where we use percussion. So it might be drumming or rattling, something steady and constant to help our left brain to shut off that logical, rational brain so that we can move more fully into the right brain and the world of spirit, that, that place of creative potential. And, um, and, you know, as, as shamanic practitioners, we can go um, into kind of altered, um, altered states of consciousness and enter different worlds. So shamanically they have, there's a lower world, there's a middle world and an upper world. And so someone starting out might go down to the lower world to, which is inside the earth to meet their spirit helpers there, you know, which might be plants or animals and to get to know them. And there's this great uh, shamanic teacher named Sandra Ingerman. And one thing that she likes to say that really resonates for me is that shamanism is a path of direct revelation and so through the shamanic journey, as you tap into your helping spirits, be they, you know, animal spirits, plant spirits, or guides from the upper realm, like, like a Buddha or a Kuan Yin kind of person, or maybe someone who, who no one's heard of, but still has those amazing spiritual connections, as you tap into these helping spirits, you gain access to information, to answers that you might have. 
So like, you know, people, I work um, as a shamanic healer and an intuitive. So people come to me for divination and they ask questions about, you know, who am I as a soul? What's my purpose? What are my gifts? What was I meant to do? You know, and then more mundane questions around like relationship and work and life and all of these things. And I noticed that when I started moving into the world of shamanic journeying and working directly with my helping spirits, I was able to get those answers myself, um, those higher level answers, those big picture answers um, that really resonated with me on a soul level and helped me to feel empowered that I didn't need to go outside of myself to get these answers. I mean, you know, in, in some ways I'm like, you know, I'm asking these, these helping spirits, but they've really become a part of me. So like when I do a, a power animal retrieval for someone, I blow that power animal into their body. So they have access to that, that wisdom and, and those powers from an internal state. And so it's just, um, shamanic journeying is a highly empowering practice and it's a great sort of entryway to the world of shamanism. Okay. And, you know, I have a, I have a personal question to ask. Like, I keep thinking that I have some connection with spiders. I mean, I'm, I really am afraid of them, but somehow I feel like whenever I see a spider, like, I feel like it signifies something to me. And, you know, I've looked up the meaning of the spider and everything. Like, how would, like, someone like me, okay, there might be other people who feel like a strong connection to certain animals. Is there a way for us to explore why that, that, that's the case? Yes. Um, so, you know, in ordinary reality, what I recommend to people who are exploring their connection with a given power animal would be to think about all of the different things that that animal or insect um, or being means to them. So I would have you think through your associations of, you know, what do spiders do? How do they behave? You know, what do these qualities mean to you in your life? And then in terms of exploring that on a spiritual level, what I would recommend that you do would be to um, do a shamanic journey. And so Sandra Angerman, I believe, has some kind of guided shamanic journeys for um, people just starting out so that you can follow this path. Because there's, there's kind of a lot to be aware of um, as, you, as you begin. Um, but the basic practice is that of you know, either making percussion yourself or putting on, you know, a drumming track, a shamanic drumming track, because it's like very fast, um, many beats per minute. And then um, imagining yourself going down through a tunnel into the earth and having the intention of meeting with your power animals, meeting with spider. And then when you get down there, um, so people see a light at the end of the tunnel, it's very similar to a near-death experience. Um, and then um, finding spider or having spider find you and then asking your questions and suspending disbelief is um, something that I highly recommend actively doing as you're starting to shamanically journey because we can tend to have the idea that we made something up and that it's not therefore not um, real or not useful. And so when Sandra Ingerman talks about the difference between a shamanic journey state versus say a daydream in a daydream, we're making up both sides of the conversation. So we, we imagine what we, we might say and we imagine what spider might say in a shamanic journey state. 
we are the actor in the um, dream time state or the shamanic, you know, the journey state. But um, what's coming back at us is beyond our control. And it's oftentimes surprising and even baffling the kinds of answers we get. Right. And I know that if I get an answer that makes no sense to me or like I would never have thought of this myself, that I'm on the right track. Well, <clears throat> oh, wow. That, that's fascinating. Thank you so much, Miriam. Thank you for sharing yeah. your knowledge on this fascinating topic with my listeners today and inspiring us to look within and develop healthier ways of dealing with our issues. I feel like I've, I personally learned a lot and I'm definitely going to do some more uh, exploration on this topic. Beautiful. Well, I'm so touched to have the, and honored to have the opportunity to share this with your listeners. And if I can be a personal resource, if anyone who's wanting to explore this state further or, you know, has any questions, you can reach me through my website, which is miriamjcats.com. Great. And what kind of services do you offer? I do shamanic healing. Um, I call it shamanic energy healing. Um, and so that is helping people to kind of assess what's going on with them, whether they come with um, kind of emotional um, challenges or physical challenges, or they find themselves stuck in their life situation. Um, so I would you know, work with them and work with the helping spirits to figure out what's going on and how to be, restore power and vitality to them. And I also offer a service that I call shamanic coaching, which um, is a hybrid that evolved over time of life coaching and shamanism. So this is for people who have stuck entrenched issues, um, like maybe they find themselves repeating the same relationship over and over again. Um, in different forms, but it's got that same emotional charge to it, things like that. Um, so I have people dialogue with um, that energy in their body and help it to find resolution. Um, and that's pretty powerful. And then I also do divination. So if people have questions about who am I, why am I here, or, you know, why is all this stuff happening in my life and how can I move past it, that kind of thing. So I would do um, a channeled reading for them. Wow. Wow. That sounds great, Miriam. Thank you so much again. And um, you have a wonderful day. Thanks. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed what you just heard, please subscribe to my podcast and feel free to share it with your friends and family. Take care and speak soon.